The New Testament reading is taken from the second letter of Peter, chapter 1, beginning at verse 1. And if you want to follow that on your Bibles in the pews, it's on page 1893. 1893. Simon Peter, a servant and an apostle of Jesus Christ. To those who through righteousness of our God and our Saviour Jesus Christ have received a faith as precious as ours. Grace and peace be yours in abundance through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. His divine power was given, has given us everything we need for life and goodness through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. Through these he has given us his great and precious promises so that through them we may participate in the cause of nature and escape the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. For this very reason, make every effort to add to your faith goodness. And to goodness, knowledge. And to knowledge, self-control. And to self-control, perseverance. And to perseverance, godliness. And to godliness, brotherly kindness. And to brotherly kindness, love. For if you possess these qualities in increasing measure... They will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But if anyone does not have them, he is nearsighted and blind, and has forgotten that he has been cleansed from his past sins. Therefore, my brothers, be, in all, be all the more eager to make your calling and election sure. For if you do these things, you will never fall, and you will receive a, a rich welcome into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ. Praise God for his wonderful word. I see that Matt's pinched the clickers. Oh, it's here. <laughs> thank you very much, Matt. Let's pray, shall we? Heavenly Father, thank you for your word. Teach us from it this morning, we pray. Give us soft hearts to receive it and minds and wills that will change because of it for your glory. Amen. Great. Well, good morning. And let me add my welcome. Uh, for those of you who don't know me, my name is Ian Clannan. I'm married to Sarah. I've been coming to St. John's for a little while. We have two daughters, Catherine and Lizzie, and they're grown up now, but uh, that's me. Um, it's my privilege uh, today to share some thoughts from this challenging passage on the topic of goodness. And uh, as many of you know, we're going through a series looking at the fruit of the Spirit. Um, it's set out in Paul's letter to the Galatians, and so one of the nine items mentioned in that list is goodness. So let me start by asking, how do you define goodness? Good question. What is goodness? How can we define goodness? So let me offer you this definition. 
the quality of being morally good or virtuous. Moral perfect, once again, moral excellence, virtue. Once again, the quality of being morally good or virtuous. Moral perfection, moral excellence, virtue. Sounds pretty challenging, doesn't it? Very all-encompassing. Let me take a straw poll. Okay, from the congregation, I've got a hand up if, if this applies to you. How many of you think that you have cracked goodness? You find it something that you have and you regularly practice, uh, you, 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 you've got it cracked. Okay, hands in the air if you think you've cracked it. Okay, for those of you listening at home, there are no hands in the air at all. <laughs> I, hope, I wonder if yours is, but there's no hands in the air at all. Okay, second question, here we are. How many of you are satisfied that you're increasingly displaying goodness in your life and that you're comfortable with your progress in goodness? So with respect to goodness, you're living by the Spirit and you're fully in step with the Spirit. Any hands there? Again, for those of you at home, no hands at all. It's very challenging, isn't it? It's a real issue. It's a challenging topic. So we all know a bit about goodness, a bit about moral perfection, moral excellence and virtue. But most of us, in fact, all of us in the room, feel that we're struggling to live this out in our lives. Think through what, I don't know about you, but my problem is day-to-day -day life. When I think through what the Bible says about goodness and moral excellence, I say, yes, that sounds very sensible, very good, yeah, quite right, good. And then crunch, day-to-day -day life comes in. All that theory that I just agreed with 100% meets the practicality and reality of day-to-day -day life. So my firm and unshakable determination to live a life that's characterized by goodness, perhaps like this young lady here who's looking very determined, she's concentrating, she's going to live the good life. It collides with all the frustrations and the uncertainties and the annoyances of life, the roadworks, the people who cut you up, the people who say things, the people who don't, don't do things, all those things. And sometimes the result is cynicism, anger, resignation, Perhaps a bit like this gentleman here, you're looking at your phone and the email comes in and the smoke comes out of your ears, for those of you listening at home. It just, the smoke is coming literally out of his ears as he's looking in frustration at his phone. All of this is then swiftly followed by guilt that I failed yet again to display the fruit of the Spirit in my life. I failed to display goodness in my life. So it's a very sad moment, isn't it? And we can often mean to be good and virtuous, but we end up disappointed, perhaps, in ourselves. And over not really do it. We get resigned, maybe. We just say, well, it's not me. I can't be good. I try, but I can't really do it. But let's take a look at our passage this morning and learn what the Apostle Peter has to teach us, because there are some encouragements coming up. I've got five main points, so let me just run through them first, then I'll go through each one in more detail, and then I'll do a recap. So... Um, these, these are also available in the home group leader's notes, these five main points. So, uh, so in, in summary, God himself has given us everything we need for life and godliness. Second point, we can be good by sharing God's character. And the third point is that goodness requires effort. Some involvement on our part, some effort is required. The fourth thing is that we need to keep increasing in goodness. We cannot stand still. 
We've got to increase in goodness, and that's taught in our passage. And the fifth and final main point is that our efforts to live out goodness make our calling and election, our being chosen as God's people, they make those things sure. They confirm our calling and election. Okay, so let's go through each of these five in a little bit of detail. It'd be really helpful for me if you wouldn't mind breaking out your Bibles and having them open so we can refer to today's text together. I'm going to share following what Jesus tells us through his Apostle Peter. So please keep me on the straight and narrow. Keep me honest by following what he wrote in his second letter. It's on page 1893. If you've closed your Bibles, it's 1893. So here's the first point, and that is that God himself has given us all we need to live a godly life. And you'll find that in verse 3 of the passage, which tells us that the Lord Jesus' divine power has given us everything we need for life and godliness through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. Well, here's, here's some points to note, that it's God's divine power that is at work here. It's not human effort. It's not me thinking good things or doing good things. God's power enables this. It's not human effort. From us personally, it's God's power being active. Then... Note that God gives us everything we need. It's not just a partial thing giving. It's not just a little here, a little there. We've got to top it up. God gives us everything we need. We do not lack anything that we need for living a godly life. God's power ensures that we have everything that is required. Next on this first point is that this comes through the knowledge of God. It clearly says it's through the knowledge of God. And the point here is that God also calls each one of us by his own glory and goodness. And the verb that he's used for calling isn't just sort of shouting out and sort of being ignored. This call is, is rather calling someone into a relationship, and it's like being summoned by a king. It's not a call that you ignore, it's a call that you obey. It's further, it's uh, calling into relationship, it's by God's own glory and goodness. So his glory and goodness calls us into relationship with him. His own perfection and excellence are fundamental in that call of each one of us into relationship with him through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. So the process is we hear about the Lord Jesus Christ through God working through perhaps someone we know or a friend or a colleague and then God calls us into relationship with him and to faith in the Lord Jesus. And then we're given knowledge of God through his divine power. In my experience, that knowledge usually comes from Bible reading, studying the Bible in home groups, personally, one to, uh, just personal Bible reading. And that's really important to study God's word, to have that knowledge of God. All of it comes from God, from his glory and goodness from his moral perfection. So that's the first main point. God himself has all we need to live a godly life. Okay, second point. Second point is we can be good by sharing in God's character. We can be good by sharing in God's character. And please take a look at verse 4 in the passage. There we read that God, through his glory and goodness, has given us, note the tense, past tense, he's given us his very great and precious promises so that through them we may participate in the divine nature 
and escape the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. So we note that God gives us his very great and precious promises, and these are almost certainly the promises that are contained in the Old Testament of redemption and salvation. We find those in, in all of the books. They run through the whole thread of the Bible, the Old Testament. And through those promises, we're enabled to do two things. We participate in the divine nature. That is, we become like God in character, and we share his holy character. And then secondly, we escape the corruption of the world. We leave behind that which is evil and not good, and instead, we share in the goodness of God. That is breathtaking, isn't it? It's breathtaking. It's scope, and it's a stability for us. Just think about that for a moment. Before, we were stuck in sin and evil, no way out, no hope. Now that we have faith in Jesus, we've been brought into relationship with God. We're participants in his divine nature. And we can escape the decay, the death, and the corruption that's in the world. As the song says, everything's new now. Everything's changed. It's quite breathtaking, isn't it? Okay, let's keep moving. There's more to learn. Third main point is that goodness requires effort. And we see that in verse 5. If you just take a look at verse 5. For this very reason, make every effort to add to your faith goodness. So, pretty straightforward. We need to make every effort, and we need to add goodness to our faith. And note, right at the end of that section, 5 through 7, right at the end, there's a, a ladder of things that, that, that are noted, but at the end, it's all bound up in love. These verse, various qualities in verses 5 to 7 there, are many of those are other fruit of the Spirit. So in the interests of brevity and not treading on other people's toes who are already talking about other parts of the, the fruit of the Spirit, um, it's, it's, this ladder's not intended, in my view, to be a secret. Think, first get A, and then you get B, and then so you get, have faith, and then you have goodness, and then you have knowledge. I think all of these attributes are to be pursued by those with faith in the Lord Jesus all together at all times. The starting point is faith, and all of them are bound up in love, but we should, we should be pursuing all of these various different qualities together. Note that we are not just to sit back and wait for them to happen to us. We are to make strenuous and continuing effort to acquire these good things. We'll need to study the scriptures, perhaps avoid situations where we may stumble and fall, find situations where we can practice each of the attributes and ensure that we're getting better and better at each one as we practice them. Home group members, and those are your training grounds. How is your mutual affection going for each other? Are you persevering? How is your godliness developing? There's a lot to do, isn't there? There's a lot of effort required. So that's the third main point. All bound up in love, as I mentioned. The fourth main point is that we need to keep increasing in goodness. And we can see that in verse 8. For if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they will Jesus from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. 
God wants our knowledge of Jesus to be fruitful and effective in advancing his kingdom. The cross of Jesus has won the decisive victory over death and sin. God is patiently calling out to people everywhere through us, his ambassadors. He wants us to be productive by speaking of Jesus to those around us and calling others to faith in him. He wants us to be effective in sharing the truth about this world with others so that they can turn away from idols and worship him, the living God, who will one day judge the whole world. By striving for increased goodness, we're going to avoid the risk of becoming ineffective and unproductive. Note also from verse 9 that those who do not strive for greater goodness and all the other qualities mentioned are short-sighted and they're blind. They're forgetting that they've been cleansed from their past sins and they're not responding appropriately to God's calling and God's election, this choosing of them. So I'm getting behind on the PowerPoint here. Okay. It's a constant. So that's the fourth main point, that we need to keep increasing in goodness. That red arrow is a constant upward progress of our goodness. Okay, fifth main point. And that is that our efforts to live out goodness confirm our calling and election. And we can see that in verse 10 in the passage. Therefore, my brothers, be all the more eager to make your calling and election sure. So by making the effort to acquire goodness, we're confirming that we've been called and chosen by God to be his people through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Let me just take a moment to walk through the logic here so that we can see the implications. Firstly, God chose us and called us to have eternal life in Jesus. That's not because of any goodness or other qualities in us. It's purely God's decision to call us and bring us to himself as his holy and beloved people. Secondly, since we have been called, we respond in faith and obedience to Jesus. Because he loved us so much to lay down his life for us so that we can be forgiven, we respond out of love to him and in obedience. Thirdly, and also our obedience to Jesus confirms his call to us and also to others as they see our changed attitudes and change in our life. We've become the plausibility factor that God calls people and changes them. We're a living example of God's activity in the world. And fourthly, and by no means the least important, we will receive a rich welcome into Jesus' eternal kingdom. We see that from verse 11, if you just take a look. For if you do these things, you will never fall, and you will receive a rich welcome into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So our efforts to live out goodness confirm that we've been called and we've been chosen by God. So let me go back to the beginning and do that recap that I promised. I said I'd recap the main points. Here they are again. Firstly, God himself has given us everything we need for life and godliness. Secondly, we can be good by sharing God's character. 
Thirdly, goodness requires effort. Fourthly, we need to keep increasing in goodness. And finally, fifthly, finally, our efforts to live out goodness, having make our calling and election sure. Okay, having worked through the passage, now what? Let me just touch on a few points in the next couple of slides. Now what? Firstly, if this is all new and somewhat strange to you, then what do you think of the fruit of the Spirit? Are you attracted by love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control? These are all set out in Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 and 23. It's also worth contrasting those with the acts of the flesh that are outlined earlier on in that chapter, that same chapter in Galatians. If this is new to you, I'd like to invite you now to consider whether the Lord Jesus is calling you into his eternal kingdom. If you think you'd like to find out more, then let's talk. Please see the person you came with or have a chat with Matt or me. We'd be more than happy to talk to you about what it means. Secondly, if you've been seeking to obey Jesus for a while, do please take a moment or two to think through these questions. What is encouraging about what you've learned today? What burns heart makes you burn with encouragement that God's nature is allowing us to participate in. God's character is allowing us to participate in his very own nature. Secondly, what do you find challenging or difficult? And it may be that you are still asking, why is it so hard to be good? Why is it so tough? Well, my answer to that would be join the club. It's the very normal Christian experience that it's tough, isn't it? There may be some things on your mind and that maybe you want to talk with someone about or pray with someone about. Do please come and do business with God this morning uh, in prayer. Prayer ministry team will be around at the front, and you're very welcome to flag down any of them to ask them to pray with you. And finally, do remember, it is really worth the effort. That rich welcome into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, is worth every ounce of that effort and striving, all of it in God's power and out of uh, love for the Lord Jesus who died for each one of us and rose to be the first fruits of those who will live forever. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for this fantastic letter from Passion Peter. Even as he was facing his own martyrdom in your service, he had compassion on each one of us and took the time to write to encourage us to grow in the grace and knowledge of you and of the Lord Jesus Christ, our Savior. Help us not to be just hearers of your word, but also doers today. For those you're calling, give them courage to follow up and to learn more of the glorious salvation which you offer all who will come to faith in Jesus Christ. To those who are your people now, we ask that you'll give them determination to pursue godliness, and in particular, goodness, urgently and diligently. Show each one of us those areas of our lives which need to change 
and give us the courage to make those changes. We ask this for the honor and glory of your Son, our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen.